Hello and welcome to The Pause Podcast. I'm Mari. And I'm Lindsay. Just two mostly normal people here to walk beside you as we do the messy, mundane, and mindful work of following Jesus. When it comes to the Bible, there are plenty of resources out there to instruct and inspire. But if you're someone who feels intimidated by or overwhelmed by that, or maybe just needs a companion on the journey, you've come to the right place. Every weekday, we read and discuss a section of the Bible together. We ask hard questions, we rant, we laugh, we cry, and then we make time to get really quiet and sit in the mystery. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Pause Podcast. We're here for season two, and we're so excited to be back. This is Mari, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host. I'm Lindsay. Lindsay Knuckles. Yes. And we're super excited to dive into Exodus with you. So season two, we're going to be doing 30 days through the book of Exodus. If you remember from season one, we did 15 days in James, Mm -hmm. and that was awesome. But Exodus is a lot longer than James so we're going to do a 30-day stint yes. this time. Old Testament. New episodes every weekday for the next 30 days. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may notice this season the format of the episode yep. is a little bit different. For James, we read every chapter aloud, and that was great. For Exodus, it's just going to be a little more fluid, mm-hmm. I think is a good word Yeah, for that's it. a good word. Um, some of the... Some of the episodes, we will read the full chapter. Mm-hmm. Some of them will focus in on some specific verses. And some of the episodes, we're going to condense a few chapters into one episode. So we yeah. definitely won't read five chapters at once. Yep. There's a couple of sections of Exodus that get a little... Repetitive. (laughs) Repetitive, tedious. There's some pretty detailed descriptions of the Ark of the Covenant, and it would take up a lot of time on air to go through them. So we decided to do a little condensing. Yes. So stick with us. Um, Super excited today. Lindsay is going to be taking us through- We are going to dive in. Sort of an introduction episode. Yes. We could call it for Exodus. She, Lindsay- is a pastor, and she has her seminary degree, mm. so she has a lot more information, history, mm. background. She's read a lot more books than I have on this kind of stuff, so she's kind of going to school us on the history um, and the background of the book of Exodus before yes. we dive into the actual narrative. Perfect. Um, thank you, Mari. Yes. Um, so I think one of um, the most fundamental things that changed the way I understood Scripture um, was to understand it as story. Um, yeah. And that's one of the pieces I want us to kind of grasp before we dive into Exodus is let's like zoom out and look at the story. When you say story, mm-hmm. we're not saying that it's fiction or myth. No. Yes, good. Um, I'm saying story as it's one giant story um, and what we would call as a meta narrative, which basically means um, there are hundreds and thousands of stories and characters throughout scripture, but they are all part of one story, one thread, one overarching account. Um, And the meta narrative of the Bible is that God establishes his kingdom and he has plans to redeem it. And the central character of that story is Jesus and Mm -hmm. everything points to him. He's the answer since the very beginning, um, which... There's a lot there we could probably unpack, but Ada has this little um, children's Bible. Yes, the Jesus Storybook the, Bible. Yeah, highly Miller. recommend. Ten out of ten stars. Yes. 
And it says, the Jesus Storybook Bible, every story whispers his name. Yes, for real though. Which, yeah, it's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. And so the narrative, this one narrative runs through the creation account in Genesis, through the rebellion and the fall of Adam and Eve, through the formation of the nation of Israel, which we're going to spend time this season talking about. Um, through the prophets, which are some of my favorite books, um, and then through the birth, the death, and resurrection of Jesus, through the birth of the church. So that's thousands of years, covers one story. And this may not be that mind-blowing to anyone else, but for me, I never read scripture this way. I didn't either. Yeah, I always grew up learning these isolated stories, Mm -hmm. right, of Noah and of Abraham and Joseph and Jacob um, these men of faith, these stories were extraordinary. These men were incredible. Um, and they were awesome. And yeah. I, that's what I grew up learning about in church in Sunday school. Um, but it wasn't until I had an Old Testament professor in seminary. I'll never forget it. Dr. McDowell. You're amazing. Uh, McDowell. <laughs> and she encouraged us to read the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi. That's the entire Old Testament. And she said, just read it. Um, as opposed to like, like studying stopping it, to take stopping notes, and yeah. taking notes. And I understand that there are, there are definitely seasons of study, um, but she was like, just read it. Okay. And, and I think there's a lot of benefit actually in reading a book of the Bible from start to finish in one setting. Um, but she's like, just read it. And so I read it and I think it changed my view and perspective of scripture because I got, I, you could begin to see that it was a story mm. and a pretty extraordinary story. Um, and I began to understand and shift and zoom out and realize that, oh, these stories are actually about God. <laughs> They're not necessarily <laughs> just about Abraham or Isaac. Um, like yeah, Abraham, the characters that they they focus on so much when we're kids and like our little yeah. story Bibles, you're like, oh, it's not. They're not actually the point. No, of they're all the players this. in the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Abraham, you're cool, but God <laughs> promised you that He'd make you fruitful, and then you what slept with your servant and called your wife your sister. Yeah, <laughs> like, <"Ooh."> yeah, yikes. <laughs> you called your wife your sister, <laughs> right? Isn't that what he I did? Forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> it's a blue um, highlight. Jacob is one of the squirreliest humans to ever live. So squirrely. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Yeah. Describe <laughs> yeah. the squirreliness. I just feel like you could never really trust him. Yeah. Like he was kind of manipulative. Yeah. Um, and you just could never uh, like close your eyes. What, what's He's the like phrase? He's like a con man. Don't sleep with your eyes open. Two sleep eyes with open. One, eye, one eye, open. eye open. Yeah, there it is. Sleep with two eyes open. No, that's not him <laughs> Well, sleeping. for Jake, for Jacob, <laughs> yeah. maybe you should. Yeah. Yeah, no, Ada, in her little storybook Bible, mm-hmm. again, the story of Jacob and um, Leah... Is that Jacob? Ah, uh, Lee and Rachel. Yeah. Leah and Rachel. I hate reading her that story, especially because yes. like in her Bible, they frame it as like, Leah was ugly and Rachel was pretty. And I'm like, do we really, like, really? That's how we're going to frame this for kids? Um, yeah. She was better because she was pretty. And I was like, mm. Mm. but also I just like, Jacob, yeah, supposed to be this like hero of the Old Testament. He just like does not shine in that story no. at all. Uh, yes. So squirrely. Good word. Yeah. And then the prophets, the mm-hmm. prophets were practically screaming at people to turn back to God. Yeah. Um, but in the midst of all this, God proved faithful and he proved he was committed to his love and to his people and that God works through people, but he also works with them and in them. And I don't think I ever fully saw that until I began to zoom out and read the full context. Does that make sense? Like no, I was that like, totally makes sense. when you zoom in, you just see these isolated stories. But when I zoomed out, I'm like, oh, it's God working in and through these people to fulfill his his plan and his kingdom and yeah. the story. Um, so 
while we're reading and studying Exodus this season, I would encourage us to read it as a chapter in a larger story, a chapter okay. in a larger narrative. Yeah. Um, there's so much that happens before we pick up the story in Exodus, and there's so much that happens after. Um, like your life, for example, let's like look at like, um, and we'll get to this in a discussion question, but if you think about your life, there are maybe years of your life that um, if somebody was to zoom in and be like, hey, can we talk about when you were you know, 25 through 27 years old. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, cool. But to understand how I was when I got to be 25, you have to know what I was like growing up or, um, and so I'll think of it that way, I guess. If that makes sense. That's why it's so hard to make friends as an adult. Cause like you meet this new person, you're like, well, I'm 32. There's a lot of backstory. Like how do do I I begin? Yes. You're like getting coffee with a new friend. You're like, let's go back to when I was seven. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much backstory. There is so much backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I feel. And that's how I want us to kind of view Exodus and what we're going to spend some time talking about too in this episode is that um, let's give some backstory. Yeah, uh, let's talk about how we got to where we are, mm-hmm. how we got to the beginning of Exodus. Um, and so Exodus is one of the most critical chapters, I think, in the whole narrative. Um, it's the birth of the nation of Israel, mm-hmm. whom God has ordained as His people, and He'll talk about that a lot um, throughout the um, throughout this season. Is that these are His people. Um, Also, Exodus is the event that God would define himself by and that the people would know him by for generations and generations to come. Mm -hmm. And he became known as, oh, spoiler alert, (laughs) you're the God who led us out, who led the Israels out of Egypt. Like that was like the line. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen Prince of Egypt, (laughs) like, come on, where have you been? Um, And then also, it's the story of Moses, um, who's one of the patriarchs and the great leaders of faith. Um, who I, I've always admired Moses, um, and he kind of reminds me of Abraham Lincoln. Which is which, a huge compliment coming from you. Thank you. A little backstory. I'm obsessed. On Lindsay, she's obsessed with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration. No, it's actually not. I, um, Why does he remind should you? Should I talk about Why yeah, does he remind you of like Honest Abe? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, for me, um, I could talk forever about him. <laughs> I did a project in college, a paper, and it was supposed to be like a page, and I ended up writing like five. <laughs> That doesn't seem like a very big assignment, but um, he is one. I feel like he possesses this quiet wisdom. Abe, which, yes, Abe or Moses, both. Okay. But Abraham is what I'm talking about. Abe. Okay, he, like he um, wasn't uh, educated a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he gave the Gettys the Gettysburg Address in like two minutes. Sorry, I feel like I'm talking about Abraham Lincoln now. Anyway, all this to say, it's like. He was simple, but yet mm-hmm. he communicated his point. And so he used words wisely. Gotcha. That's why the way I that Moses. About. I just feel like Moses was Moses a wise had these, leader. Like, humble roots. Yes, but yeah, yeah, humble yeah. roots. Gotcha. Um, that's how I, I connect the two. Okay, yeah. Moses is pretty <laughs> crucial for this story. Very crucial. So it's good you have such admiration for him. Thank you. Um, also, when we read scripture too, um, I want us to think that, uh, like when we read any sort of uh literature, that each book is a genre, and there's a lot of different genres um, in scripture. Uh, For example, there's reports, which means a narration of an event, like a battle um, or a dream. Um, First and second Kings, uh, some of those stories about David, those are a lot of report, like battle reports. Okay. Um, There's comedies. So they would say Esther. For those who know the story of Esther, they say that's a comedy. Really? Oh, because it ends with- Well. Yes. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or a happy ending comes about kind of in a dramatic way. Mm -hmm. Um, There's prophet stories, epics. So there's a lot of different kinds of genres in scripture. Um, So we would say Exodus is a heroic narrative in an epic framework, which basically just means it's a series of episodes focused on the birth, the life, and the death of a hero 
that people consider significant enough to remember. So in this context, Mm -hmm. like Moses is that here or it's, okay. I didn't know if we were talking like allegorically. No. Because don't they say that Exodus is also like a a mini allegory for Mm -hmm. the entire sweeping narrative of the gospel? Yeah. In which case the hero... Jesus. The hero is always Jesus. But we're saying that in yeah. this story, the yes. way that it's laid out as, as a literary mm-hmm. tool. Yes, that Moses, Moses. is- It's his life, death, and yes. significance. Yeah, and like the story of the nation of Israel, the story of Jesus and redemption is played out through the life and lens of Moses. Okay, cool. Because it's about, I mean, the very beginning of Exodus starts out with the birth of Moses, right? Yeah. And, um, and so we kind of follow Moses along as- God does his thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think when it comes to interpreting a heroic narrative, um, I think it's important to ask a couple of questions. And I think this is how um, we should kind of be reading this story in general. Um, what's the faith of the hero like? Um, how does he model a relationship with God and with others? Like we'll learn so much from Moses this season. Um, and, you know, if you think about the characters I mentioned previously, like, Abraham made a dumb call, um, but he- A couple of dumb calls yeah, on his like part, huge, yeah. Like really dumb, um, but he believed God when he told him to go who knows where. And so that's incredible faith and trust. Um, so how do these values challenge or change the biblical world at the time? Um, and then what does this narrative tell us about God? Um, there are underlying themes to the narratives of these heroes. And so what's it telling us about God? Um, and so there will be stories that may be hard to um, feel contradictory maybe, mm-hmm. or like, hey, God yeah. healed this person, but not this person. Yeah. And so what is it? Let's take a higher view. It's like, what is this telling us about God as a whole? Um, and so we'll talk a lot about salvation and covenant and holiness mm-hmm. throughout this season. Um, but those are just some questions that when you look at a heroic narrative, it's like, who is the person? Who's the hero? And yep. what's his relationship with God like? And what's this telling us about God? Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so let's zoom out. Let's do it. Let's set the stage. Um, let's look at the backstory and let's talk about um, like leading up to Exodus chapter one. Um, so the narrative begins in Genesis. Which is the, the book before Exodus mm-hmm. and the first book of the Bible. Yes. So Exodus is the second like yes. quote unquote chapter in yes. this big narrative. Yes. Yes. And before it, which we haven't covered yet. Yes. Maybe a different season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genesis. Yeah. Yep. And this is um, it's considered the Torah. So it's the first five books of the Bible. Um, so Genesis is the first one and Exodus is the second. Um, and so in Genesis, God speaks creation into existence. So think Aslan, uh, my Narnia peeps out there. Yeah. Um, and he creates every living thing. So earth, sky, water, mm-hmm. trees, birds, monkeys, alligators, spiders, waterfalls, mountains. Spiders. I know. All <laughs> life comes from him. Um, and then he creates man and woman and calls it all good. He calls it very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Adam and Eve chill out together and they walk with God and it's paradise. Yeah. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Uh, long story, very short. <laughs> Adam and Eve basically disobey God um, and everything changes. And they realize they're naked and they feel shame, which is the first negative emotion, right? That's mentioned in scriptures. They hide from God. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so begins man's plight with sin, um, with our battle. Um, It's not who we are, which I think is important. And we unpacked in season one, right? The theology that says we're garbage and we're nothing. Um, 
clearly we're not. God said he created us and he said we were very good. He calls us very good. But that's um, that whole intertwinement between sin and shame mm-hmm. that you, yeah, we sort of covered it yeah. in James. And we'll yeah. talk about it a lot in yeah. Exodus yep. too. Absolutely. Um, but this brought catastrophe um, on the rest of humankind mm-hmm. and it has moved us far from God. Um, and so we needed an answer and the answer is Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus. Every story whispers his name. Jesus, yeah. Um, so he's, he's basically the answer. Um, and so Genesis continues. Um, a lot goes on. Go and read it. Uh, but we meet this man named Abraham. Um, not Abraham Lincoln. Not, oh yeah, not Abraham Lincoln. Uh, so God is pretty direct with Abraham. Basically the first time we meet him, we kind of see Abraham's name in the list of genealogy. Um, and then the first time God talks to Abraham, he's direct with him and he tells him just to go. Go from your country and your father's house. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Uh, to where? Who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> just go. <laughs> just go. Um, just go. I'll make you a great nation. I'll give you many descendants. I'm going to build a nation, and it is going to come from you. Um, Father, like Father Abraham, Abraham had many sons. <laughs> Remember that song? <laughs> Father yeah, Abraham, many sons. sons. Anyway, it got like it picked up faster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the dude basically like backstory. The dude's like a hundred years old. He's very old. He's in his nineties, maybe even I don't know. He's got to be like I think he's a hundred. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And his wife He's is like, really now? basically the, the same age. And she can't have children. She's infertile. But God's like, I'm going to make a great nation. Um, and so Abraham goes. He believes. He goes immediately. Um, and then what's really neat is in Genesis chapter 15, God and Abraham enter into a covenant. And this is significant. This is referenced Very like significant. This continuously is like continuously in Exodus. Yes. Um, and so a covenant is a promise. It's a contract, it's an agreement. So the God who created the entire universe, he is making a promise that he will do what he says. And he's entering into a covenant with man, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is making an unconditional promise to Abraham. It is guaranteed. Um, there's sacrifices made. There's a smoking fire pot, a flaming torch. <laughs> that's how it's you know thing. it's, that's yeah, how it's you know real. It's serious. Yeah. Um, and some verses, here is actually what... Um, what the Lord says to Abraham. In Genesis. In Genesis, yes. Um, It says, Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your ancestors will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. We'll come back here to where Abraham was at that time. Yeah. And that ends up being really significant too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said to your descendants, I give this land. And then he lists a bunch of different people that are in that land. The Hittites, the Prezerites, the Canaanites, the Zebzoites, The Kardashians. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which these names you will see over and over in Exodus. Yes. Um, So this is the promised land. Um, This is Exodus. This is the story of Moses and the Israelites. The Lord is saying, hey, here's what's going to happen. Um, And the promise God makes to Abraham will not be easy or instantaneous. And that's kind of hard. Um, he said, "This will be. It will be four hundred years. They will be strangers in a country not their own." Um, but the Lord says, "I will keep my promise, and my promise is offspring and land and blessings." And I think, like, what a, this is such a lesson for me because sometimes I hear 
I know God promises things, but I want like a finger snap. I want to like mm-hmm. see it. But this is proof that it's not easy and instantaneous. And he also said, Abraham, you won't see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you Which won't is like see a, the end. Biggest yeah. bummer. He's like, here's this huge promise, yeah. but you're not going to see. You just, you trust me and just yeah. know that I'm going to do this. And um, I don't think I knew that um, he was so clear in the covenant with yeah. this prophecy that like, so mm-hmm. they all knew or like at least had the opportunity to know. Like when the Israelites, like this is sort of a spoiler for Exodus, like yeah. they knew that was coming. I think just Abraham knew. Oh, so that's not, in, that wasn't a part of their, um, like their scripture that they would have access to, but they had an oral history. Right. Would they have known that? I don't know. <laughs> They're like, oh, here's that enslavement we've been waiting for. Yeah, I don't know. We can maybe look that up. I'm not yeah. sure. We'll get yeah. you some info on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. I interrupted. So, this covenant becomes the backdrop through which Exodus takes place. Um, so this promise is always lingering. The promise about the land, the yes. blessing. Yes, and, the, and offspring. the offspring. Yes, that he will make a great nation through Abraham. And it's the in the back of everyone's minds. Um, God, we are dying here. You promised. Remember, uh, it may not look like what we want. There will always be hurdles, but the Lord is faithful. Um, and I think this is just like a word here is that trust is so difficult. Yes. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that too in the season. Um, but the story continues and we meet a character named Joseph. This is still in Genesis. Still in Genesis. Um, still backstory. Um, we meet Joseph a little bit later. He's not another one of the major patriarchal characters. And Joseph's a little bit different. He's uh, just about near perfect. In, in my like opinion. In a way that annoys everyone though, yes. right? <laughs> um, he's thrown into a pit. He's sold by his brothers. Um, he's accused of rape. He's thrown in prison. He's forgotten about. And he endures all of this with a really positive attitude and strength and trust yeah. and faith in the Lord. Yeah. Um, until he interprets some dreams while he's in jail and becomes the right-hand man to Pharaoh. Um, Started at the bottom and now of a pit. Yes. <laughs> now and he's Now here. he's at the top. This is what Drake, to Drake was referring to. <laughs> um, read Joseph's story if you get a chance. Um, but then there becomes a famine in the land and Joseph, uh, those were what his dreams were about. And so Joseph's family is in need of food and they come to Egypt, where, which, which is where Joseph is to ask for food. Um, this is like very simplistic. The story is incredible. Um, and Joseph is the one in charge and uh, through extraordinary forgiveness, he pardons his family, the one who threw him, the ones who threw him in the pit and then said sold he was him dead. as a slave. <laughs> and he welcomes them in and gives them food. Uh, which is really cool. That part is really neat. Um, so Joseph is beloved throughout mm-hmm. um, Egypt, and he's a pretty savvy uh, leader, businessman, leader. Yeah. And the famine's pretty severe, money. but yeah. Joseph helps the people survive in all the land. Um, so he's really wise, and he's really beloved. Um, and what's really important here is seeing the piece of the story and how the Israelites get to Egypt to have to eventually be rescued. Um, this is how they get there. They come to get food and to survive. Um, and it says in scripture that they gained possessions in the land and they were fruitful and they multiplied greatly. So in other words, they made Egypt their home. So they go there looking for food and then they're like, we might as well stay. Yeah, so they all stay because Joseph was like, I mean, there's a lot Joseph to Joseph invites them to yeah, stay. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. stay. And there's like 70 of them, I think, that kind of move and create their home there because they need food, right? So it's a yeah. part of survival. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they stay there and they multiply greatly and they, um, generations to come, they kind of make their home in Egypt. Okay. Um, so then we get to the start of the book of Exodus and it starts out kind of ominously. Um, and it says there now, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And how much time, um, 
has passed between that Joseph story and this new king? It's about... I think sources say it's like 430 years. Okay. So right around. So a significant amount of time has passed. Um, So this is a new pharaoh, a new situation, and that's really important. Um, This king did not know Joseph. Because it's been 400 years. It's been (laughs) (laughs) four. Joseph is not around, spoiler alert. Um, And he saw the Israelites, and he declared that they were too strong, and they were too many in number, and so he's... He's pretty afraid of he an gets uprising. Real xenophobic, yeah. yeah. And so he made them slaves. Um, he inflicted heavy burdens on them. He oppresses them. And it says, scripture says in the beginning of Exodus that they ruthlessly um, made the Israelites work as slaves. And so there's no kindness here. This is no like working off your your land, whatever. It's just it's ruthless slavery. And it's the first historical empire built on slavery, from yeah. what I read. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's cool. significant. Yeah, very yeah. significant. So like painting the picture here is like they're they're very much enslaved. Um, and so that's how we began the book of Exodus. Kind of a bleak yes. outset for the book of Exodus. But from what... the like, but we know there was a promise made. And yeah. so it's like this bleak um, situation, but then there's like this tiny, like as for us as readers too, it's like, but there's hope that's coming. How is this going to play out? Mm. And that's how we start, Let like let scene one begin, you know? And that's yeah. how we kind of start with, all right, what's going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. I feel excited, you know, yeah. of like, I know there was a promise made. All right, so how how's God going to work here? You know, yeah. so, um, well, I'd love to ask some questions. Yeah. And kind of- Thanks um, for giving us so much yeah, backstory. Yeah, I hope that, that, I know that was a lot and I would encourage you guys to like read Genesis, well, read the whole Bible, but Genesis <laughs> is so good. It's so rich um, and it really sets up a lot of the story of, of Exodus. Um, so let's zoom out on our own stories. Let's kind Ooh, of do okay, the same. Yeah. Um, so- what is the what would you say is the overarching narrative of your story, mm. uh, Mari? And what themes have shown up? I feel like this is like what we were talking about when you sit down with a new person. They're like, "So, what's your story?" And I'm like, "How do I summarize? How like, do, where I do I start?" I begin? Yeah. Um, but I guess if I'm generalizing, a theme that keeps showing up yeah. when we talk about my relationship with God and what He's been teaching me my whole life, um, something that continually shows up for me is that God would never ask me to be less. Yeah. I think I consistently, for whatever reason, assume that I should be less, that I'm a little too much this, a little too much that, like, yeah, and that he's like, okay, could you tone it down a bit? Mm. And he has never once in my authentic interactions with God, everything I've learned about him, he's never been like, could you stop being so intense? Mm. Could you stop having so many feelings? Could you make them all a little Mm. bit smaller? Could you be less ambitious? Could you be like less imaginative? He's always like, no, more of that. Like you're, I created you this way. Like why would I ask you to minimize yourself for anyone's sake, but much less my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a theme that shows up for me. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. What was the second question? Um, oh, the overarching narrative, yeah. And then yeah. the themes um, that God writes adventures. Mm. I think for whatever reason, for a long time, I thought um, like following, walking with God was this... Um, there were themes of like duty and sacrifice. And like there certainly are that plays in, but I think I thought that it I would be like, okay, well now that I'm a Christian, 
it's off it's off yeah. to the slums for me. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the only yeah. way to really love God is mm-hmm. to just be miserable. Yeah. Um and the story that God's written for me continually surprises me. Like he's he's writing these adventures that are so tailor-made to who I am and to what brings me life and joy and growth and that bring him so much glory through the very specific and unique way he created me. And then like you throw in marriage and kids into that and it's just like he is so good to us and he has such um, dreams and plans for us if we release control Mm -hmm. and – trust that who we are is mm-hmm. is good yeah and created good. by him yeah it's good yeah i think uh for me i've learned like a hundred thousand things in my life <laughs> but i think like the overarching narrative or the theme is that god is with me mm. i talk about emmanuel all the time yeah and that he is good and I think that provides a lot of answer to injustice that I feel and this like existential question of like why the world is the way it is. And we I feel powerless and out of control and it's just so broken down here. Um, but I just feel very secure that God is with me and yeah. that he is good. Um, and that feels like, um, I don't know, I, I like whether it's cliche or simplistic, but he is Emmanuel. And I'll always wrestle, and maybe I've, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but apathy, that God is apathetic. Yeah. Um, that will always be kind of my wrestling with God. I know it's untrue, but um, yeah. when things happen, I'm like, hey, do you see us? Why don't you care as much as yeah, I do? Yeah. But how can an apathetic God be with us? Ooh. You know, he's yeah. Emmanuel, and those things do not go together. And so yeah. I believe God's Emmanuel. Um, so that, and I've seen that over and over again in my own life. Yeah. When things don't really make sense. Um, I'm like, okay, God's with me. And it's he's no good. wonder you love Exodus then. Cause that's yes. like, spoiler he is, alert, one of like the main things he's yes. like, I am the God who will be with you. That is my yes. actual name. Yes. He's I'm just with like you. telling them over and over again. Yep. They're like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> might be apathetic. And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm literally here, <laughs> right here. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then all things are for our, our good and his glory. Mm. Um, so in the next question, um, has it ever seemed like God took a detour in your story? Or like yes. you, you're going along and all of a sudden you're like, God's promise. And like, I'm in slavery. <laughs> what happened? Yes. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in season one when we talked about our mm-hmm. great sadnesses yes. as we referred to them. Yep. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll just go through it quickly again. Sure. We four-ish, three, four years ago now, Move to Nashville was a big move for us from mm-hmm. Boston. Um, there's a lot of factors at play, but like these big, big reasons that we were like, this is the right move for us. We feel called. This feels right. This feels good. Um, show up here. A few months later, we get pregnant with our second child. We're pumped. So excited. A few more months later, four or five months later, we um, miscarry. Late mm. term, traumatic, physically, mentally, emotionally, traumatic miscarriage. Two weeks later, three weeks later, Drew loses his job. A couple weeks following that, we had like several um, homeowner catastrophes, one after the other, that just plunged us into this unexpected debt Mm. while Drew's unemployed. And it just like, it all happened within the span of like six to eight weeks. Just Mm. everything fell apart. And it was so like... 
as we were grieving and in shock and trying to, you know, pivot towards these circumstances, there was also that great, um, like it was spiritually jarring mm-hmm. that like we were like the story of how we got to be in Nashville, there were so many like straight up, like, I don't want to say miracles and say that lightly, sure. but these stories where we're like, that makes no sense. Like we bought our house within the span of 12 hours. Like mm-hmm. we, like the, all these things had to fall into place with like hours of precision in order for us to get here. And it all happened. Like it yeah. all, so it was just like one of those things where like before we could even knock on a door, God was like, boom, like drop kicked us through it. And like all of a sudden we landed Nashville through these series of like amazing stories. And I think we had like this high from that. We have all this momentum from that. And then all of a sudden it's just like yeah, catastrophe after catastrophe after catastrophe. And yeah, it felt like, we took a huge detour. We were like, we were pretty certain this is what this you had we for us. To, yeah. And now it's all gone. Yep. Yep. And like the long story short yeah. of my great sadness is that there's so much redemption that grew from it. Drew is employed now. Yay. <laughs> it's been three years. <laughs> he found work. And it's another incredible story on our end of yeah. how everything um, has been healed and redeemed awesome. and, yeah. and grown through that. But yeah. Yeah. Big time detour for yeah. us. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I would say um, for me, what can, what comes to mind, so there was a really hard um, transition at work um, a couple years ago that was um, really hard and jarring for me and it kind of messed with my calling and just it was wounding relationally. And you work at a church, so yes. that's, that's jarring on multiple yes. levels. It was, yeah, it was very difficult. And so I worked through a lot of that, uh, went to a lot of counseling because that's important. Um, and so really got my feet on the ground, I felt like. And so there was another job opportunity like uh, two years later. And so mm-hmm. applied for it. It's like, I felt really great about it. I'm like, ah, this is it. This is like the redemption. This is why. This is why it this all happened. This is why this yeah, all yeah. happened. Duh. And then I didn't get that job. <laughs> and I remember being like confused because in my brain, if like that's how redemption worked, right? Yeah. Is that something that you didn't get, God would like give it to you, right? Like that was my... But um, so that felt like a major detour, yeah. and uh, I don't know if I've ever articulated it in this way. So this is co- this is cool. But um, God was like, "I'm actually doing something a lot bigger," and He like redirected me to something. It's a larger bigger. narrative. Yes, it's a larger narrative. And He's like, "You silly! Like you thought a job was going to be your redemption? Ooh, no, no, no! Yeah. Like no, no!" Um, and it wasn't in like a the the Lord speaks not in like a condescending or like a shameful way to me. It was just like, yeah, it was gracious and kind. Like, no, no, I'm actually like, I'm on, I'm on the throne doing something like even better. Yeah. It's even better than you imagined. And so I got to like lift my head. Like I didn't think I could survive. Sounds really dramatic, but another disappointment in that way felt Mm -hmm. like it was going to be crushing, but it actually was like, no, 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 this is actually going to bring you more life. And I've like felt more confident and free after the second time, you know? Yeah. And so obviously it was painful, but the Lord's like, no, 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 um, I'm doing something. Just like, just wait, just wait, just yeah. wait. So, And that's, that's I feel fine. like the answers we just gave, it's really cool how, um, and maybe it's just that like mm-hmm. we humans are also similar to each other, that like yeah. a lot of what we talk about in this yeah. this season of Exodus is like really similar themes. Yes. Like the Israelites yes. have very similar stories yes. to what we're saying. And Moses could yes. be like, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. That's why like empathy, it's like mm. talk to talk about a God 
is he's with us Mm because he understands and he feels. And that's why we can connect so much with these stories is because like they've been there, (laughs) you know, it's like, no. They did it first. They did it first. So, um, well, let's move into our time of meditation. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I want to focus on story today and our meditation. So wherever you are, get comfortable. Close your eyes if you're able to. Focus on your breathing in and out, in and out. Relax your shoulders. Imagine you're sitting in a movie theater. You've got your popcorn, your Coke in your hand. And the major events of your life are playing on the screen in front of you. It's just you in the theater, no one else. What do you see? What scenes play before you? If there are moments of pain, be kind. There is no commentary or judgment here. Thank God for each scene that you see and for the purpose that moment played in the story of your life. Ask God for eyes to see where something doesn't make sense. Ask God for wisdom as your story continues to play out. Thank God for the gift of you, that you exist and are breathing and that your life tells a story. Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking for show notes to follow up on any references we may have shared, You can find those in the episode description or by going to our website at www.thepausepodcast.com where you can also find links to our social media along with a handy guide to subscribing or leaving a review. Thanks for listening.